Alright, we've made it to 2 Corinthians. Woohoo! <laughs> I've enjoyed kind of doing yeah. the letters. Yeah, this has been... I've enjoyed going back through them, too. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that we've... Because we're going through the letters backwards, as per our children's request. And I can't believe we're already um, practically done. You know, we're so close to Yeah, we done. just noticed we're actually really, really behind in real life. Or, I mean... We're behind in recording. Recording, not in real. Yeah, because we're, we're a book behind as far as getting these recorded. Yeah, so we are... For everything again. Yeah, we realized today, because we just started a new book in our family. Morning. Morning yeah, family. we do so. Bible study as a family every morning. And we tried to keep it in pace with this, but so far we've been unable Life. to. <laughs> um, so we're kind of behind. But anyway, we realized today that we are... Well, we're just about done. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, um, go ahead and take a minute to say a quick prayer. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer, um, provision, anything at all that it is that you need, please reach out to us and let us know. We love hearing from you guys. APHomeChurch.com. That's where all the stuff can be found. That is right. So, um... Second Corinthians is technically Fourth Corinthians. This would be the last letter that we believe that. Because there's missing letters. Right. There's two missing letters. There's two we have, and then two missing letters. This one is the last one, about a year apart from his first one. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of addressing some more issues, um, and then responding to a couple more little different things in this one. One of the things that you deal with here that Paul is defending that is doesn't become immediately obvious to somebody that didn't know this would be that a lot of the uh, apostles, or not apostles, but a lot of these um, false teachers and stuff that were, that were kind of giving the Corinthians a hard time, they were trying to discount Paul as an apostle. Mm-hmm. By saying that he was suffering way too much to be a true apostle. Like, there was too many bad things happening to him for him to be an apostle. He's like, I wish. Yeah, and he kind of addresses that. He, he also offers a bunch of comfort and different explanation of things that we'll, we'll come across. But I think that's pretty much it. Um... I didn't prepare for this one again. And although we just read it with the family, um, I actually kind of like going at these to where I'm not overthinking it. And I just kind of go and. Well, you and kept just saying every time that you're like stressed and worried about how much you've prepared. Yeah, no, I do. I like it better because I, I do. I like it better because I, I, I over prepare. Yeah. And then I end up coming down here and. You make me stop getting... this and go back so you can re record seven billion times. Yeah, and I think in the, I do that less when I just come at it. So. You're so precious. I love you. Yeah, less. I don't say I didn't do that, period, but less this way. So I said you're so precious and I love you. Thank you. You're precious and I love you. Nobody would describe me as precious. That is, <laughs> that is a fact. Bless your heart. I've always, I've always said that you're an acquired taste. <laughs> I've always said this. Oh, You've heard wow. me. Well, I've said it before. Let's, moving on. I love you. I love you. Verse 1. <laughs>
This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. Which, shout out for Lily, yeah. Timothy is Timothy's her favorite. Her favorite. So that girl, if there's she's Timothy is involved, she's there. Shout out to, and thanks to David C. Cook again for yeah. the Action Bible stuff, because Lily's oh got the little gosh. Timothy They thing have, if you wall. guys saw, we did a giveaway and we reviewed all of the Action Bible stuff that David C. Cook puts out amazing resources for your kids the action bible that we bought travis forever ago is like the single best purchase i think we've ever made for our children but they just recently came out with these brand new they're like hero trading cards with mm-hmm. like information about these biblical characters they're so on cool. them they're so cool and i i grabbed one when we first got them in daddy took some right off the bat I took one. surprise surprise he's got paul yeah um but um you know and that's why we need to start videoing I these and, and i can Aquila set it up with Priscilla. all your yeah. yeah but all your paul so we can set it up over here is the backdrop that'd be cool oh, yeah but um lily got timothy and she has timothy and jesus returning jesus right? returning yeah. and Timothy. she has them hanging up like over her bed in her room and it's Anyways, continue on. Shout out to Timothy. Did you sh- did you tell everybody about the note that she wrote to the doctor? I didn't. Okay. Maybe I did. Oh, there you go. Maybe there's a new story that you can have fill a video. Or one with. I shared the other day and I don't remember, and I'm telling you again. Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. Uh, You're in the middle of one. I am. I am writing to God's church in Corinth and to all His holy people throughout Greece. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And he did it to rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. So he, there's a lot in this little chunk that he said right here. Um, I was trying to wait until you were done with that chunk, but I was like, can we just stop and amen for a second? Because how many times have we all been in that spot where we thought for sure? Yeah, and and that's – it's literally explaining why you go through these times. And and he was expecting to die. So while I know there is definitely people out there that – that it they they don't know how they're gonna get to the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I think like there there's know. so even in a in the in the couple um, couple case scenarios that I know of, I would I would ask this person that I'm thinking of particularly: Are you in danger of death? Mm-hmm. Even though everything else in your life is just in shambles, yeah. are you in, in danger of dying? 
No, okay. Because a lot of times we're like, well, I mean, not like not that. Not like that. Okay, well, that's what Paul is saying here. He goes, he expected to die. So, I mean, that's not saying that uh, that nobody else is expected to die. That's just saying that in this situation, he was expecting to die. Mm -hmm. And so for us, usually we're not expecting to die. We could say, well, no, it wasn't that bad. It was just... Like, things are really bad. Things are really bad. But he used the worst case scenario probably the worst thing that ever happened to him in his life expecting to die i mean you know sure. faced with death but anyway they're faced with death again and again mm -hmm. just for being an apostle but uh he used the worst case scenario to make an example and to say that god delivered mm -hmm. so yeah you're gonna suffer but you get here's deliverance right here it was we expected it, god delivered us well, and, that's and he did it mm -hmm. To teach us to rely on God and not to rely on ourselves. Okay, well, that, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I was part, getting there no, too. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's just like that part just stands out so yeah. strong. We stopped relying on ourselves but and to learned rely, to rely yeah. only on God. Yeah. And that's why I say it all the time. I trust in God to give me my daily bread. So to give me today what I need today. Not for the next month, not for the next year, not for whatever, for today. If I don't have it today, I don't need it today. And forcing myself into that mindset to rely solely on him and what he thinks I need today versus what I think I need today, I think is such a huge, even if it's just a mental shift of, because again, I think things are really bad, but then it's like, okay, we're not dying. My kids aren't dying. You know, you look at it, it's like, okay, it's not that bad. You know, but I mean. I think here Paul explains more in detail about the reasoning that the Lord does things than we realize. He says, he explains all these horrible things that we go to and then offers reasons. Mm -hmm. It was to... Uh, help us rely it was to rescue us from mortal danger mm -hmm. these are things that we don't think about a lot of times when we're going through a horrible situation that we think that we can never make through it's horrible we're going to die and everything's going to be awesome it's like this okay no you don't understand how bad the situation really is because mm -hmm. god is actually putting you in this situation that you think is terrible and horrible but to save you from another a larger sure. uh situation and to rely on God who raises the dead. So he says that this is a this isn't some just ridiculous little fairy tale hope. Mm -hmm. If we this is a God that raises the dead and has raised the dead. So pretty big deal. We you think that somebody like that wouldn't have control or um, you know be looking out for his children? Yeah. You know, of course he is. Um, and he will do this continually. We are just the ones that have to place our confidence in him. Mm -hmm. But once he delivers us from these things, and once we see, we all know. I mean, we all get that moment where you're like, I've been delivered. I've been, I could pay the light bill. I have, that, I've yeah. been delivered. You know, hindsight twenty twenty. You think back, and you're like, oh, you know, wow, I could have seriously died in that that scenario. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, I'm, you know, 
he and he will continue to do that as long as we just put our faith and trust and hope in him so going back into it verse 11 and you are helping us by praying for us then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety we can say with confidence in a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in our all our dealings we have depended on God's grace but not our own human wisdom that is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially towards you this is crazy that he could say with a clear conscience that he's he's lived and served with God-given holiness mm -hmm. throughout his whole time throughout his whole ministry that's crazy think about that I, you know can you say that with a clear conscience is that the type of life that you're living yeah. right now that you could say okay for the last year with a clear conscience that I I am lived a life of God-given holiness with knowing the fact that you're a sinner and knowing yeah. that you can it's impossible, right? For your past year, but years, ten years, but if years, you're like, you know okay. you know that you're if you're focused where your heart is, where your worries mm -hmm. are, and where you ultimately go. Yes, you're gonna mess up, but where you where you ultimately go, or you know, but you have to ask yourself: Are you clear conscience? That's crazy to think of before God. You're not, you know. Usually we're apologizing in our prayers, right? And, and yeah. repenting in our prayers for different things. I guess that's part of receiving a clear conscience, though, is making sure you continuously do that. But still, to live your life and, and be confident in the Lord. Like, I know today, for me personally, and it took me a long time to get here, um, I know I definitely have things that I'd be like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Like, you know, even recently. But I have clear 100% confidence to be able to stand in front of my Lord and be proud of what I have done. Mm -hmm. So I have a clear conscience like that. You take me five years ago, I would, no, not at all. Well, and I you think even me, now, you, know, you have things that you might kind of beat yourself up about, but you right. have a clear conscience. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I have a clear conscience. So it's one thing, though, that's really, really important. And if you think that you're following the way and you don't have a clear conscience, you might want well to yeah, you got <laughs> to redo some things. Verse 13. Our letters have been straightforward and there is nothing written between the lines and there's nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand us, even if you don't understand now. Then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you will be proud of us in the same way that we are proud of you. Another point I want to bring up. The letters are straightforward. Nothing written in between the lines. So people that try to twist Paul's words and try to make something out of it that it's not. And if it's not clear, then it's wrong. It means wrong. what it says and it says yeah. what it means. Paul is the first gives the first rule of biblical interpretation right there that nothing is written in between the lines mm -hmm. verse 15 since i was so sure of your understanding and trust i wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice first on my way to macedonia and again when i returned from macedonia then you could send me on my way to judea you may be asking why i changed my plan do you think i make my plans carelessly 
Do you think I'm like the people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Just I love that. Through Christ it sends it. Yeah. Our prayers can't even reach God without Christ. Do you yeah. understand what that means yeah. it, it, to him? So our prayers do not reach God's ears without Christ. There's absolutely not a thing on this earth that we can do without Jesus. Doesn't it kind of and amaze, being humans? Doesn't it kind of amaze you how the earth is so unchanged from even the times of these ancient stories? Sure. Right? Oh, yeah. Like we know that, you know, you know, we're always saying that, like nothing is new under the sun. Everything is the same. You know, certain things might be different, things have gotten worse, but it's we're relatively we're not so far removed from these things. And that's what cracks me up. People of the world say yes when they really mean no. Like, that's one of the biggest things you know. You know yeah. what I mean? But even just these simple things like this, sure. it's, it's the exact same thing. Sure. 21? I think so. I know so. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. So I decided that I would... Chapter 2, sorry. I was just reading continuing because it goes straight into this. Into... So I decided that I would not bring you grief with another painful visit. For if I cause you grief, who will make me glad? Certainly not someone I have grieved. That is why I wrote to you as I did. So that when I do come, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that my joy comes from your being joyful. I wrote that letter in great anguish with a troubled heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have for you. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. This is the same gentleman that we were talking about in 1 Corinthians that was in sin with his stepmother. Uh, so the Corinth church responded to it. Because Paul said hand him over to and Satan. he said hand him over to Satan. So the church uh, here responded to it. And Paul wants to make sure that they don't start hating on this this guy, you know, and, because and pushing him completely Because there's a way that we need out. to right. deal with things. Right. And I think we all can look back and see where the church as a whole was too strict and legalistic setting the bar to an unreachable height for people becoming Pharisees themselves. Right, and you think about it, he told them to go take the guy, confront him, saying, look, this is what you're doing. You have to, we're kicking you out of the church. 
you have stop you're sitting stop and rescind or, stop or you're out um well in this case this guy was they did kick him out of the church because you can tell and that was heidi that just knocked over her mic so okay well it, not brandon it doesn't help that my microphone is broken so i'm like balancing hey, two legs here mine is two you have three legs at least Anyways, I apologize for your eardrums. Anyway. Uh, this, they they did kick him out. Because that's yes, what Yes, but the saying. point was to go and say. To, to go and say. But they, they were just or, saying that that's what they were telling this guy. But So when you're kicked out of your own gathering mm-hmm. by your friends and, you know, people that you know, this guy probably was like, uh, you know, I mean, Not a dang, good time. that's yeah, that's that's got to be super embarrassing. He probably uh, extremely felt convicted and decided like, hey, this isn't a good idea. Sure. And Paul just wanted to make sure that these were they were going to welcome him back because if he truly you repented. Can take and, and that too far, sure. and that's where I think we can look back. We do on that a lot. Times and circumstances where, yes. Then we go too far on the other side where all sin is acceptable. Nobody says anything. But you can take it too far, and there's a way to not do it. And so I love Paul's kind of clearing the air on that here that we can learn by this example of what to do when we are faced with similar situations with other believers within our lives. Now, let's remember the problem. Even though Paul was reacting to the level of the sin, the sin was sexual immorality. It wasn't the actual... The sin itself. Paul was reacting yeah, to the like, sin are you itself. Me? Even the pagans, like, don't, even do the pagans don't do that. But the problem with sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. So in today's church, this could go across to any church member that is living in any kind of sexual sin. Mm-hmm. This mean this goes to the same thing. Like you, you need to be confronted. You need to be talked to about it. Mm-hmm. Told that you can't, you can't live this way. This is not how we live. This is you're you're. And going you against the to Lord, be a part of this, if right. you're not going to change it, yeah. So that's what he's doing here. Uh, verse seven. seven. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him; otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgave this man, I forgave him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Paul was expected that Satan was infiltrating the church and trying to rip it apart since the moment that he started it, and he knew and understood that. So he he understood that, that... the, the, he was. This was division like this, and this mm-hmm. type of fighting it was it was going to be horrible. Evil often comes disi- disguised as light, as good, as part mm-hmm. of it. You know, that's you look at all the false teachers today and all the stuff going on within the church, not even the evil stuff outside, but within. Mm-hmm. And it it looks good, sounds good. Yeah, he's there. Alright, where's 12? Forgive me, I'm sorry. Well, if these come out in the morning, everybody's probably still yawning with me. So So yawn with me, everybody. That's a new one. Verse 13. 
When I came to the city of Taurus to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. But I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus hadn't arrived yet with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. Can I pause you just real quick because it just made me think. I mean, you look and incense and the the aroma going up to heaven is referred to quite a lot really in mm -hmm. old testament scripture um and then you get to this point where god has had enough with the sin of his own people where he tells them that these things are repulsive to him. They're right. disgusting. He wants nothing more to do with it. He's sick of it all because it's their hearts that aren't right. You know, he goes off on all of this stuff. And so I think that is so interesting to see Paul note here, you know, because we don't really do like the whole incense thing, like as a, a form of worship, you know I mean? I guess if you get into some like new agey stuff and different things or yeah. whatever, but like that's not something within the Christian faith that, we really, I think, understand the point of that. No, we don't. It's just kind of weird. You know, we don't get it. But that was a part of the worship and the, the things that they would be doing. I mean, I guess maybe the Catholics and um, Episcopal. Yeah, they, they do. They still do stuff like that. But I don't think that's what we should be going for. <laughs> you know, that's not the point here. You know, but him saying here that our lives are a Christ-like fragrance mm -hmm. rising up to God. So by living our lives in the way that we have been harping on throughout all of these letters, that is what's giving off this fragrance mm -hmm. that smells of Christ that goes up to heaven. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's just an interesting thing to kind of stop and ponder on. Oh, I wish you would have let me stop one verse later because I'm going to have to stop again. Sorry. Because verse 16, To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. <laughs> But to those who are being saved, we are life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? That's not just what you were saying right there, but as far as being this dreadful smell of death and doom, mm -hmm. the gospel message naturally goes against the world, mm -hmm. and it naturally shuns the world. It says that there's no future, there's no hope, mm -hmm. because sin has entered this world. So... With no future and no hope goes your automatic, well, you're just a doom and gloom person. You have no, you know, no happiness, no faith, no, no you know, none of this. No positive, yes. yeah, um, no positive outlook. You're, you know, you're, you're no good for the further of society mm -hmm. because we need people who are, you know, yeah. Um, productive and motivated well, that's and, where we get that saying don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no, no earthly, earthly good, good. Right. and we said hold the phone be, be completely heavenly minded, minded so again. you are of the utmost of no earthly good. worldly good i yeah. guess we should say um well you worldly. would be of the utmost good for the things that right matter it's here just on the earth. for people understanding it's like if you don't you don't want to be any good for the earth what but you want to be any good for um not any good for the world you yeah. know, anything good for the world you want to be um, 
that dreadful smell of death and doom to the world. That's yeah. what the whole thing is. That's what it's all well, about. This whole point of time that we're in from right we're going into Easter, right? And Passover for those of us that celebrate the biblical holy days instead of the holidays. The whole message yes, it's Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, death, burial, resurrection were fulfilled by Christ. All feasts will be fulfilled by Christ. Yes, we remember them, and it's important that we know them, we understand them, and, and we teach this to our children. The bigger picture here, and this is why for us we love first fruits so much, the day when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. This is such an exciting time. We wake up early, we watch the sunrise, we spend time in prayer, and keeping our focus on he did. This is why we get annoyed kind of with the Christmas stuff. Everybody likes to still picture Jesus as the baby in the manger. No, 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 no. The Jesus we all need to be prepared for. The baby didn't grow up. The baby grew up, and he's coming back. And soon, every day, we are a day closer to this time. And so that's we should be a dreadful smell of death and doom to this world because the truth is, is the death and doom is what's coming. I am loving you by spreading the smell of death and doom because I want you to share in this eternal life with me. I want you to be rescued. I don't want you to perish. Well, yeah, and and you know, but, and, that's and then that's coming. part of the that's part of the veil to those who are perishing. It mm -hmm. just they don't understand it. It doesn't look right. You can't see what's in front, you know, because what's in front of you doesn't look right. It's just mm -hmm. we were in in our Sunday studies when we were going through Matthew in the Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. You're like you're looking at all these things. You're like, what? What? Yeah. You're like the poor, then that's is weird. This is like completely backwards from mm -hmm. what is normally. So you automatically look, you make that, um, you look like that, that's death and doom and gloom mm -hmm. just talking. And I love how Paul goes into the last verses here and he says, you see, we're not like many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing God is watching us. Hmm. So it's not, we don't, you didn't print, you know, not, nothing to gain by this. There, There's definitely people that find that there's something to gain in this. But the one, the hucksters who preach this stuff, those are the ones that are preaching this pleasant smell, this pleasant perfume. Which this, is this what pleasant. is funny now to see how many millionaire and celebrity pastors right. there are. And that's, that's, that that's what preachers and sneakers. and sneakers highlighted this very thing. And I went to every single one of their preachers pages that, that, he that, that he's posted on. Blast, yeah. And I went through and I've been going listening to some of their sermons that they've they've mm -hmm. done and I'm listening to a couple of them and you know a couple of them they say quite a few things that are correct but then there's just so much off and they try to act so innocent like they're just these you know they're just living their life and they just happen to be blessed and all these different mm -hmm. things and I'm just like no you're you're literally hucking you know, God's to have $4, and, and, shoes. Come on. you know, and, and it's just the most cheesy way mm -hmm. how to make a superstar out of yourself. Oh, honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah. I look at these guys and I go, really off of God, mm -hmm. like you couldn't find some like, I don't it's know, infomercial like invention yeah. that you could have gets rich scheme. This quick. is too easy. 
This is because people are hungry for in the lead it up. Well, and the and they want to hear the stuff that makes them feel good, right? The the tickle spiritual ears, things. They want to hear the mm-hmm. tickle my ears, and, and they they just harp off of that. And I look and I just go, that is so cheesy mm-hmm. that you would be a pastor and you would do this. You're a pastor wearing your Gucci shoes and your, you know. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, go. It, like at least we have SoundCloud now. Go become a rapper or something. <laughs> like, come on. Self-proclaimed rapper. All right. Before I go too far off, we got to do one more chapter of this. <laughs> no. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who bring need to bring you letters of recommendation, or ask you to write letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lies are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant the Spirit gives life. The old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, How much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Um, this this veil, this is a, he's explaining too that the, the Jews' hearts are completely veiled to understanding the truth to Christ. So it's, it's they have been, and only by believing in Christ can that veil, veil be removed. It's not just the Jews, though. This is to all unbelievers that have, non-believers that have a veil over their eyes that were a few that have hearts hardened towards God. 
And until you come to God with an empty cup, until you're honestly ready, you will never be able to understand it. And that's what bothers me so much about this. This is what goes back to Paul saying hucksters who just preach the gospel because this prosperity stuff, it doesn't work like that. You can't just throw the gospel out there and just and just take it. Well, which makes you think how many of these people that are getting fed this sugar-coated message are actually truly saved, actually truly right. know. Right, and I mean, we can see the amount of people like that because we're not seeing the type of lives that your If your life reflect. has not be transformed, then how do you truly know who Christ is? So hearts and minds are hardened to Christ to this day, and until you're ready to come to him mm-hmm. uh, with an empty cup, completely humbled, ready to receive rather than ready to prove something or try to get something. It wasn't written to you or for you. You know, it was, it's God's word. So you have to come at it. Uh, Yes, it was written for us, but it was not directed to us. So you can't take it selfishly. Like you can't expect to to get something out of it just for you or or just the, God will speak to you he through will. it. He will. Yes. But when you first come to it, you can't be expecting something out of it. You have to come to it humbled and ready for the Lord to uh, take you through it. Mm-hmm. So that well, was... And yeah. up there, too, I mean, all this talking about we are under this new covenant. Death mm-hmm. ended the old covenant. Right. The covenant by way of us being in subjection to the law and to right. all of that. We have a new covenant through Christ. And so to be teaching that you still are under any of these obligations and things. And he's talking about this too. Those who whose minds and hearts are hardened and veiled. I have no idea what's going on upstairs. I, I think the dog's dragging something. They didn't take the collar off. Her. When I was up there a minute ago, or the baby has something, actually. The dog stole the toilet paper out of our bathroom. When I was up there a second ago changing <laughs> the baby, I had to holler for somebody to come get our toilet paper from her. Anyways, um, these, these people that, I mean, that teach that you know any of these false gospels you have to do this you have to do this this is what's right that is what's wrong that is not biblical truth Mm -hmm. i mean you see it with all of the different cults um Mm -hmm. you know mormons catholics you know all these different things and their mind their hearts are just Mm -hmm. hardened and veiled i mean and that's what it is and you see that you see that with pharaoh you see that Mm -hmm. you know you can see all these different examples of that and you see it and it's just you can't get through Mm -mm. sometimes yeah. All right. Well, that finishes up the first three, and we will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow with the next three. Thanks, guys. Thank you.